This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning. Um, first, first thing is, just before we get to the, uh, the topic at hand, I think to, uh, to give a shir in the Dayan's Vesmedrash during the Shiva for the Dayan is something which is, uh, which is incredibly overwhelming, I would say. You know, this is, this is where, he, uh, where he taught and where he led Torah and Tefillah for so many years. Misham Yatsa Hayrali Yisrael. This is where where authentic Torah was taught and was shared, where true leadership was manifest. And Ashrei Shazachinu, the Al was Zaycha to such a manhig, to someone that was so authentic, someone that was so true to what he believed, someone that was a, a Talmud Chacham, of the highest order, one of Europe's leading poiskim, someone with a connection to the previous Doris, but was very firmly entrenched in the needs of this Dor. And there's no question about it, that our Tzibur and the wider Tzibur, there was a tremendous Akaras Atayv to die in try. And the most important thing we can do is, is that, his, uh, that his memory should inform and instruct us as we continue into the future. So let's learn a little bit of Chumash together. And you're going to have to think. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> from what I know, that's okay for this Chash of a Chabura. Story of Yaakov Avinu. Vayetze Yaakov mi Be'er Vayelech Haran. Now we know Yaakov goes away from Be'er goes to Haran. Vayivka Bamakom, he encounters the place. This is Har Habayis. Vayalin Shamki Vashemesh. And he goes for a shluf because he was a man. No, he goes for a shluf because he was... Um, because... <laughs> He was on the run. Oh, we know from, uh, from Chazal, he'd been learning for all those years in Yeshiva Shem Ve'eva. However you, want to, uh, however you want to explain it, but he needs a pillow. You know, he can't sleep without a pillow. And he takes from the stones of the place, and he places it um, under, his, under his head. And he slept in that place. And we're all familiar, hopefully we're all familiar with the Rashi, with the Chazal. Says Rashi, Vayishka Vayasim Arashai, so he placed it around his head. Some kind of protective way of protecting his head, some kind of protective barrier. Okay, I would have stopped there. You know, the rationalist inside me would say, just stop. It's going good. It's fine, we have a uh, logical explanation for what Yaakov Avinu was doing. It wasn't that he was doing it for comfort, he was doing it for protection. And now things get somewhat uh, incredible and incredulous when stones start fighting with each other. And the stones start fighting with each other. You know, I don't know what kind of sound stones make, or how you ever envisage this Rashi. Right, these stones talking to each other. On me, the will the tzaddik rest his head. No, no, no. And that's And that's why Right. Later on, the avanim turn into an even. Right. So Rashi is sensitive to you have loshen rabim and loshen yachid that you've got singular and then you've got plural. The avanim become an even. So what must have happened? That somehow these stones morphed into one stone. 
I'll ask you. There's mature thinking individuals. What do you do with that Rashi? How do you relate to it? What's Rashi telling you? Yes, there's a diktuk in the Losh, and I agree. There are volume and they become an Evan. What do you do with that? How do you visualize it? What do you take from it? What do you think? Without going through all the Mukairas, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, beautiful moral message. A stone? Stones fight? So, you know, Rashi was also, Rashi isn't just for 10 year olds. You know, and the kids will come to the Shabbos table and they'll talk about these stones and it was a tremendous, what are you meant to do with that? What are you meant to do with that? It happened? Stones do that? A stone cares enough? Stones have personalities? Stones have she'ifas? What does a stone care? No? How does a thinking person relate to this Rashi? So, you know, we read it through, we read it fast, okay, it's got a nice moral message, beautiful. No? Stumped? Stoned? (laughs) No? So let's have a look. Let's have a look, because I think, I think it's really important, and I think looking at this also gives us a, a mafteach into how to, uh, into how to relate to Agadotah like this, how to relate to Rashi's like this. But before we do so, I'd just like to share with you, even though it's not 100% on topic, a little bit of context from Shimshon Falahash, because I just, it, it's gold. And this alone, this alone is worth it, but then we'll come back to the Rashi. So what happens? In the last week, Sadra, already told us, Vayelech Paden Aram, at the end of last week's Sadra, Yaakov's already left. He was in a hurry. He needed to get out of the way because Esau was, was going to come and kill him. He's already left at the end of Parshas Toldos. And again, in this week's Sadra, he leaves again. The Torah comes back to it by Yaakov and Shava. By the way, who else did that? Who else leaves twice? Well, it's recorded at the end of one parasha and then starts at the end of the beginning of the next one. It was recent. Didn't have to have such a good memory. Avram, at the end of Parshas Nayach, Avram Avinu is going on his journey, and then Vayem Hashem El Avram, it's happening again. Right? Sometimes it happens that uh, the, the, pre, the next year, week Sedra, is going back to what happened the week before. And therefore, there are similarities between Avram and Yaakov. If Avram represents the root of the Jewish people, Yitzchak is the continuation towards the stem, Yaakov Avinu is the stem itself. We're not called, and Yaakov is going to be the one who's going to give us our name and destiny. We are not called the Bnei Avram. We're not the Bnei Yitzchak. We're called the Bnei Yisrael. That's who we are as a nation. Hence do we see with, with Yaakov Avinu. This is Yaakov Avinu's Lech Lecha moment. We see him to our last patriarch for whose arrival, for whose arrival, all the experiences of Avram and Yitzhak were really preparation. Meaning everything is going into Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the sum total of Avram plus Yitzhak equals Yaakov. His departure though, his Lech Lecha moment is very different to Avram. Avram leaves his homeland to go into isolation. 
But he goes to as the head of a family. He's got his wife. He's got the, the Nefesh Asha Asubachara. And he's got a whole, he's got a whole Pamalia. He's got a whole entourage going with him. He's got wealth. He's a wealthy man. What does Yaakov Avinu go with? He goes with nothing at all. He goes alone into the night. Yaakov Avinu, owing to his circumstances, takes nothing at all with him. He leaves everything for his elder brother. Why? To prove that taking the Bechaira was not forgiving to give him any material advantage whatsoever. Everything's left. And whatever little he does, have Elifaz rubs off him anyway. Yaakov goes forth. Why is Yaakov leaving? In order to establish a Jewish home. This is amazing, by the way. And to, estab- to achieve this, he only needs the resources inherent in his own personality. He doesn't need anything else. It's so beautiful. Thus begins the story of Yaakov. For everything that follows revolves around the establishment of that home. Yaakov Avinu was the first to give expression to the idea that God is sought within the home. And in fact, what does he do when he wakes up and when he finds out he's on Har Habayis? What does he say? Ein zekiim, base elokim. Avram Avinu says the Gemara calls it a Har. Yitzchak Avinu calls it a Sada. Yaakov Avinu calls it a bias. From now on, Yaakov Avinu is all about home. He's going to create the ultimate Jewish home. Beis Elokim, Beis Kel, which essentially means the sphere in which man blossoms and thrives. The place to which he brings all that he acquires, in which he acts and builds his life. That sphere is the greatest and nearest place to the revelation of Hashem. So Yaakov fulfills in his life what Noach had envisaged at the new beginning of history. What was the idea? The culture of Yefes is meant to dwell by Halishem. It's meant to dwell in the home. Right? And this is the idea. That Hashem's presence really wants to be in this world. And it's amazing. It's unbelievable, say, for Hasidim. The angels laugh at those who raise their eyes to the heavens, imagining they have to seek God up above. It's not about finding Hashem in Shammai. It's about finding Hashem right here. Yeah, but he's going, where is he? he's going to be able to build his home in Golis. That's where he's going to build his home. We'll bring them back eventually. All right? And this is the idea, by the way, of interrupting your learning to say, come on, night, Ilanzu, come on, night, how beautiful is this tree, how beautiful is this field, is that human life and beauty has to be lived in accordance with the Ratz and Hashem. And that doesn't overshadow the, right, the, the idea, sorry, for him, the study of human life and its beauty when lived in accordance with Hashem's world does not overshadow the beauty of nature. It's all one thing. Okay? And this is the legacy from the spirit of Yaakov Avinu. Under the influence in the culture of Yefes, a person flees from normal life and goes to the poetry of nature. But the heirs of Yaakov, that's why Greece is not really about the home. Right? Greece is all about the culture and the nature and the beauty and everything else. For the Jew, the heirs of Yaakov, where do we find Hashem? We find Hashem and his Shekhinah first and foremost in the home. Herein lies the difference between the spirit of Judaism and non-Jewish culture. Yaakov Avin is all about the bias. And if you want a great example of that, it's coming up to Hanukkah. What's the significance of Hanukkah in the home? We're familiar with the Xeris of the Yavanim. Shabbos, Chaydish, Mila. But there were many other Xeris that are written down in different Svarim. One of them was... 
that one of the gzeris of the Yavanim is that you have, if you were a Jew, you had to take the lock off your front door. You had to take, they used to have a bar instead of a lock. Like, a, you, know, you know, a bar that goes across, that way you can have, you know, like an ancient gate. Yeah, it's called a bariach. That's why your modern Israeli keys are called Rav Bariach, by the way. Okay? Yeah, you have to take the bariach off your, um, off, your, um, off your front door. What does taking the lock off your front door do? It destroys Kedusha Sabayas. Anyone can come in whatever you want. A door is a very important thing. It can be open, and we can welcome people in, but there's also time to close the door. That's the importance of a house. Right? A house can be open, and that's why, that's also, by the way, which is another show for another time, why the blood of the Korban Pesach was on the doorpost and, the, um, and, on, the, and on the lintel. Right? That a house does two things. It's protection from the elements, like a roof above your head, that's the lintel, and it's also protection from the street, which is the doorpost. Which is also the idea of mezuzah, but again, all of this is really Torah for another time. But the idea of a house is you decide who comes into your house. You decide when to open the door and you decide when to shut the door. That's Kedusha Sabayas. When the Yavanim is saying, you Jews have to take the locks off your doors, what are they trying to do? Remove the Shekhinah from the Jewish home. So this is all really just as an aside, but I just think it's so, it's so beautiful you can't not share it. But it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really help us with the Yaakov Avinu and his stone, which we need to come back to. But it is it's certainly some Chomel uh, it's certainly some, uh, some, some, something to think about when we talk about Yaakov Avinu. And that's why, by the way, when he goes to Shechem, he's Kaver Tchomen. Yaakov Avinu is always setting boundaries. And just a bit more than that, Yaakov Avinu is Kedoshenu Kedosh Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu is Kedusha. Right, again, it all links in, Kedusha, the home. Boundaries, it's all, Kedusha is boundaries by definition. And that's why also the first bracha of the Amida is the bracha of Avram Avinu, Magan Avram. The second bracha of, uh, of the Amida is what? Is the bracha of Atta Gibor, who's Guvura? Is Yitzchak, right? And Mikhail, the, the Redrish says, he says the bracha of Mikhail Mason when he comes down from the, uh, the Akeda. And the third bracha of the Amida therefore has to be Atta Kaddish, which is Yaakov. Kedushenu Kedush Yaakov. Okay, so that's just again. The Jewish home that Yaakov Avinu builds is the home of Kedusha. That's just how the whole, uh, the whole, all of stru- the whole structure fits together, but that's just literally, literally just dipping our toe in the water. Okay, now, we still need to go, that, but maybe that's just an easy distraction, because we've got a difficult Agadita that we need to understand. And I think that what we need to appreciate, you know, and if you're, if you're having this discussion around your Shabbos table, which is a great one to throw out, depending on the, the crowd that you have, I guess, is... Um, how do you relate to Agadita in general? We want to be a purist or a literalist? Yeah, it happened. Chazal said it. They were talking stones. Stones can talk. They have consciousness. And these special stones from Har Abayis, Har Habayis, by the way, obviously. It's both a Har and a Bayis. Um, these special stones... Oh, so much to say. Okay, these special stones um, morphed into one because they wanted that. Or you could say, no, it's purely allegorical. Oh, it's not true. What do you mean? <laughs> so the, um, there are different approaches. The Rambam, which certainly seems to be, a, I think it's a mainstream approach in Agadita. There are lots of different essays written on this. Right? It, gives us, it kind of guides us in this and says, of course, if Chazal said it, it's true. We have to believe in all the words of Chazal. Chazal only speak the truth. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But just because something is true does not mean it's literal. Agadita is the literary device employed by Chazal to communicate a message of truth. 
And therefore, when you take Agadata at face value, and you just take the superficial delivery mechanism of that message, you're doing Chazal a disservice. You're not more religious for taking all these Chazals at face value. Faket, they encoded the deepest messages into these stories. It was part of the writing down of Torah Shabbal Peh. So that only those, just like with Halacha, you know, in order to get a good handle on Halacha, you need to all the books of this room, right? It's just like with Halacha, to plumb the depths of Halacha, to arrive at Halacha Lamaisa, you need to be Ma'ayan in it. So too with the Agadatah of Chazal too. And therefore the superficial way, okay, the stones were, you know, they were talking stones, rolling stones, and they, uh, they all morphed into one. We're mukhayiv to go deeper. Because the statements of Chazal are true. But that doesn't make them literal. So to have a literal approach to it might be good for kindergarten. It won't get us very far in life beyond that. So, excuse me. I think perhaps the way to open it up is as follows. There's a Masila Sasharim. In the beginning, this, this first parak of Masila Sasharim is required reading for every Jew. And again, it also has to be learned in depth. And if you learn it really in depth, you realize he's speaking to different people throughout the parak. Okay? But, and he does things like the Imtamic Oid Ba'inyan Tira is introducing a new level and a new Madriga, but you have to learn it in depth to notice these things. You should know, if you look deeply into the matter, you will see it's on page 2. The world was created for man's use. But, we're in a great tension. If a person is pulled after this world and distance from Hashem, a person runs after Gashmias, not only is the person themselves corrupted, but this is the next word, it's very important. If you run after Gashmias and you become a Baal Taiva, Baalas Taiva, not only do you corrupt yourself, but it corrupts the world with you. But if a person can control themselves, and attaches themselves to his creator, and only uses this world as an aid, as a help for Avedis Hashem, then these are the words, who miss Ale, he becomes elevated, and the world becomes elevated with him. Which, by the way, just as a, another important aside, this is the difference between the Neshama of a Jew and the Neshama of a non Jew. I don't know any other religion that says that you don't have to be part of our religion to go to heaven. But we Jews definitely believe that. Non-Jews can go to, go to heaven. You keep Sheva Mitzvah, but you you do not have to be Jewish to live for eternity in Shemayim. A non-Jew through keeping Sheva Mitzvah, which by the way, are not seven mitzvahs. There are seven categories. Every non-Jew in the world is chayv and 66 mitzvahs that he writes to every single day. Right? You should realize that. How many are we mechayv and we haven't got a base of mikdash? It's not that many more. Right? The seven mitzvahs b'neinayach, for example, I don't know, immorality is one of those mitzvahs, but it includes with it 20 mitzvahs d'ayrai, so you can't marry your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. It's all, each one is a separate mitzvah. Non-Jews, every single non-Jew you pass in the street, Kodesh Baruch wants them to keep 66 mitzvahs d'ayrai. Again, something worth pondering when we, you know, B'tselem Elohim, 66 mitzvahs. But, and here's the difference, when a non-Jew keeps their Sheva Mitzvah, their seven headings, seven categories, they have the ability to perfect their soul on their level to live for eternity. But they cannot impact the world outside of them. 
the neshama of a Jew has such incredible power and value. Who has the ability to impact itself and also the world around it as well. And therefore, when we take a non-Jew and we tell them they want to convert, and they go to the mikveh, when they come out, they literally have upgraded their neshama. They're not only when, he, when Chris went into the mikveh, he could he could you know he could perfect his own soul through his witzes that he does. He comes out of the mikveh. Mikveh is chayim. He has the ability to impact the world. That's the difference. Who miss Says that says that says Mr. Sasharim. It is a great elevation for anything in the physical world to serve the Adam Hashalim Hamakadish Bakadish. Any Jew that that, that that sanctifies themselves also has the ability to elevate the world around them when those resources that he or she is using are used to avoid Hashem. Right, it's talking about the Arhaganus. Right, different Mashalim that he uses. And then look at this. The Sharon brings the example of Yaakov Avinu's holy stones. Where the Gemara says in Chulin, this is a source for Rashi, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Melamech and his Gabsu Kulan, they all gathered together. So the first you cite is the one Yaakov Avinu is taking a stone, and that stone is providing protection for the Tzaddik, the person that is living their life, Al Kiddush Hashem. It's an Ilri Gadl. It is releasing the sparks of Kedusha that are latent within those stones. That's point number one. Just by the way, just as a, another aside, the Ran in Drasha Saran explains that's the reason, one of the reasons why we daven at Kfarim. When you go to daven at a cave, especially Kivrei Tzadikin, you're never ever davening to the dead person. We don't do that. We don't daven to people. We don't daven through people. A Jew has a direct line to the Rabbi Nishalayim. But, says the Ran, if a person lives with Hashem Shamayim and they eat Hashem Shamayim and they sleep with Hashem Shamayim and everything, they've got to work Hashem Shamayim with honesty and integrity and they become a tzaddik, then their very body becomes a chefza of Kedusha. Their physical body has Kedusha. And therefore, when you go and you daven at the cave of a tzaddik, there's Kedusha there. It's true, the neshama of the tzaddik is in Gan Eden, but the guf of the tzaddik was elevated too. It's the same idea. His very guf is a chafetz of Kedusha, and therefore there's a spiritual energy there which is worth tapping into when you go to this or that tzaddik's cave. There's, there's more potent energy there because the tzaddik's presence, their physical presence, has Kedusha because they've elevated their body itself. Same idea. Now, if we go back, we might not finish this off, but let's try. You should know that it's a little bit more complicated than that. In as much as the Gemara said there were all these, how many stones were there? Right? Actually, doesn't say. But the Medrash says, Rabbi Yehuda says there were 12 stones. Rabbi Nechemia says there were three stones. And the Rabbanon say there were two stones. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda, three way machlekes in the Medrash. Rabbi Yehuda says, Shnei Mestri Shvatim. Right, because Yaakov Avinu is going to be sorry, Shemesh Avonim, because Yaakov Avinu is going to be Maimed the Shemesh Shvatim. Okay, and Reb Nechemia says it's three. Okay, because Yaakov the Yichud of Avram it's like in Yaakov, and the Rabbanon say this is it's two. Okay, um, and this was his way of saying that nothing. I'm not going to have any children that are they're not following in my path. Yaakov has a has a Sorry. Avram has Ishmael, Yaakov has Esav, 
Yitzchak has Esav, sorry, but I, I'm, I'm perfect, says the Rabbanon. Now, it would be remiss, would it not, not to do some morale. And therefore, there's an amazing, amazing piece of morale on this Rashi. When Yaakov, yes, yeah, through Yaakov, through the stones, through the stone, let's see, okay? Through the stones lying down, he has elevated the Kedusha. Through the, the stones serving him as a protection, he's elevated the spiritual power of those stones. Okay, but the morale takes it further. Okay, um, let's go at the top of the top of page three. Okay, and this is, this is a lot of this is Maral speak, but you should be experts in this by now. Okay. The idea of Yaakov Avinu is, is achtas, is unity. And that's why the Gemara will say later on, on which is down at the bottom of the sheet, the middle of the sheet, that at the end of Yaakov Avinu's life, all of the Shvatim come round his, um, round his bed in Mitzrayim, and they say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad, and the Yisrael there is a nod to Yaakov. Right, says the Gemara. Okay, what happened? Uh, um, one minute. Right, just like in your heart there's, a, there's unity of Hashem, so in our hearts we're all united in this uh, Hashem. And then Yaakov Avinu opens his mouth and says, Baruch Shem, which is the source for Baruch Shem, is this Gemara. Okay, so therefore, says so the Maral, Yaakov Avinu is the secret of Achtus of uniting these twelve sons around him. And with Pnei and this is really the idea of the stones. The physical world is a world of period, is a world of separate identities. Everything in the physical world has its own identity. Distinct tables, distinct chairs, distinct people, books, whatever. All the things that are around us have their limitations. And one starts, one finishes. They all have their boundaries. Everything in the physical world has its boundaries. Um, and therefore, all these stones that Yaakov Avinu places around him also, these are physical things. And each one is kind of vying for pole position. But they're physical. Why do they want the tzaddik's head to rest on them? Because the resting place of the neshama in the body is in the head. That's the place where the neshama is most manifest. The idea of seichel is to be able to make connections. It's to be able to join together things that are distinct or disparate. And certainly when we're talking about Yaakov Avinu, it's this idea of being able to bring things together. Yaakov brings things together. He's the, the secret of Achtas. So you've got these disparate stones, but Yaakov Avinu is able to bring them together because that's what he does. Especially in his Seichel, which is his head, which is his Neshama. When it comes to the place of Seichel, you are able to join these things together into Achtas. And that's what it means that they all join together as one. In the physical world, they have distinct identities. In the world of Seichel, he can bring them all together. He has the ability to unite things. And therefore, says the Maral, 
And that's why there was a fight. Right? They were fighting with each other. There were, there's lots of, uh, you know, an Evan is a very low level of physicality. And he's placed them around his head, and each one wants to be the one that is resting on his head. When it comes to Seichel, that's the ability to unify it. And that's why they were fighting from the stone's perspective. Each one has their own independent identity. But Yaakov Avina has the Kayach, has the ability to join them together. We'll explain a little bit more in a second. And Avichach also Kodesh Baruch Hu Achad. Sorry, but Dava who Gashmi Shaykh Ribui, Kia Gashem is Rabbe. Anything physical is, is, is always in a, there, there are always many of them. Physicality always multiplies. And therefore Hashem made them one. Kia Seichel Mitzaref is Ribui Hapratim. They all go together because Yaakov's head is essentially something ruchni, and in ruchnius you can join things together. Whilst in physicality, things have their own physical bodies or properties, in ruchnius they can join together. Let me explain a little bit more. For example, when we put some people that say l'shem yichud before they do, they do a mitzvah. How does it end off? L'shem yichud kitcher yichud shchentei. How does it finish off? B'shem kol yisrael. Says the Naim Elimelech, there's an oilam up there called Kol Yisrael, which is really all of Kalal Yisrael joined together. Really, Kalal Yisrael are one. Yeah, we're all different bodies. But there's an oilam which is much higher that joins Yisrael together as a concept, as an idea where we're all really one. So the higher up the ladder you go, so to speak, the spiritual ladder you go, the more things are joined together. The more you're in the physical world, the more distinct or disparate things are. Right, so does that make sense? You know, in, in the physical world, everything has its own unique, distinct identity. The higher up you go, the more things are joined together to this, uh, this, uh, this, this unifying force. And therefore, it's amazing. The morale gives you both options, by the way, whether you want to say this Rashi is, uh, was lit- a literal nace, which is always possible, or whether you want to say it's a Navua. The morale entertains both options. Whether you want to say that's really what happened, there was an actual miracle where they all came together, don't worry about it, these things can happen. Okay. Um, sorry, one second. Or if you want to say, whether it was, it was, it was in a, um, it was in a vua of one stone, right? When Yaakov, right? Right, there are lots of things that could happen like this. It doesn't really matter whether it happened physically or not. And that's the point. It's irrelevant. We don't have a problem with saying stones conjoined together physically. Hashem can do anything. We don't have a problem saying Yaakov Avinu was a Navua of Yaakov as well. Because at the end of the day, this is a symbolic idea that Yaakov Avinu especially has the ability to join together disparate parts and that's why it's by his head. And that's where his seichel is. And that's where his neshama is. Because in the world of seichel, you can join together things that have different and disparate identities. And that is davka the kayach of Yaakov Avinu. And that's why it's davka shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And that's why it's kalal Yisrael, that are Yisrael. Because Yaakov Avinu is the one who is forming kalal Yisrael. And he's joining us together. And that's what it means also that Yaakov Avinu, 
doesn't have any psilas. He doesn't have a yishmal, and he doesn't have an esav, and he does have the yidbeis shiftekah, and that's why he said just stress that Yosef Hatzadik's gone, got missing, and got lost, because then it's going to be imperfect. There's someone missing. Yaakov Avinu has the ability of drawing everything together and putting it all together as one, and that's the secret of Yaakov. And that, by the way, the house that he's going to build, the base Yaakov, if you like, has to be on this is predicated. On everyone coming together, coalescing around him. We can go a little bit further. Okay. Um, just think about this for a second. Yeah. There is a Ramban. Hashem, you shall fear, you shall serve him, swear in his name. Right? If you look at the Ramban in the third line, or the second line, it's talking about Avodah Hashem. Really, you're meant to use everything for Avodah Hashem. And that's the idea of Ahavtas Hashem and Lekecha Bishnei Yitzrecha. You're serving Hashem with your Yitzhara and your Yitzhatai. Bukhal Levavacha is really uniting that in your heart. So it's the idea of the Choma Secha Yul Hashem Shamay. Even the physical things we do in life are for the sake of Avedis Hashem. You eat and you sleep and you do everything you need to do physically for the sake of Avedis Hashem. Sleeping is good. Yeah. It's good to have a shluf. They're sleeping so they can have kayach in the morning, they can be physically and mentally refreshed, then the sleeping becomes a mitzvah too. It's unbelievable. Everything, you literally then say, the Chai Adam says it so beautifully in Klal Aleph. If a person lives this way, they're literally living the Shem Shemayim 24-7. Where everything physical we do, we're doing it for a spiritual reason. This is, I mean, this is Judaism 101. But you're literally Dovak Tarkadish Baruchu Tamit. And this is what Yaakov is teaching us is this idea of Dvekas or attachment. It also has an impact. You're using the physical world, and in doing so, you're impacting the physical world. And this is Yaakov's Koyach to be Ma'ache, to be able to draw things together. There is no Ruchnius and Gashmius, but Etsem are one. There's no such thing. As something that can't be used for Ruchnistika purpose. Everything can, even some simple stones. And that's why they're vying for pole position under his head, because they want to have a part of that too. Everything in the physical world wants to have its spiritual potential realized. So look at this. This is a, this is a piece of the Sifse Chaim. I think I missed off the page number. It's Shimon Vav. Yaakov Avinu Beis Shahaya Lacharan. Right? Lachape says Bazzagay. Where Yaakov Avinu goes to Charan to find his match. He wants to know, has he really reached the level that he's going to be able to be the foundation of Kalal Yisrael? Is he really going to be the one to give birth to 20, 12, 12, 12, 12 stones to 12 tribes? And then for why does he take 12 stones? Because he wants to know what's going to happen. Am I holding there yet? We wanted to use them as a barometer. If we say like that, says Rav Chaim Friedlander, 
Nothing did we chazal babir hamachlekes binyan ichut ha'avana v'tam and shaldvarim. Now we can start to understand what's going on here. Ha'avas hakadoshim yodu. The forefathers knew that the shleimus of kalalusol was going to be through twelve kaiches, the twelve shvatim and twelve different kaiches. Amnam Avram lehe'emidan. Avram Avinu was not able to bring twelve shvatim into the world, because in the time of Avram, the time had not yet come to be mamid the yichud through all these different kaiches. Also, Yitzchak Avinu wasn't able to do it. Yaakov says, if these 12 stones unite under me, then I know that I'm going to have 12 sons. Yaakov Avinu got to the Shlemus because he was a blend of Avram and Yitzchak. And that's why he can be the one that will have 12 Shvatim. That's the significance of having 12 stones around him. However, Chazal is saying, do you know what, there are different, well, there are different opinions in Chazal in terms of how many stones there were. And it's just different ways of looking at this achdus. Reb Nechemia said it was three stones. Avram was one foot of the stool. That's chesed. Yitzchak on the other side is the middle of gvura. So what was the tafkid of Yaakov? Yaakov's role is to add the chesed and gvura together and to create this teferis or this shlemus. That's what the Zayah says. Yaakov Ishtam Yeshev Ahalim. What were the Ahalim? Two tents. Ahalim. Ahal Avram and Ahal Yitzchak. He's the one that's learning, and he sat both in the tent of Avram and also in the, in, in, the, in the tent of Yitzchak. I mean, he learned Torah from both. They're all alive at the same time. Well, he wouldn't have learned from his grandfather. He's learning Chesed from one base Medrash. He's learning Gvura from another base Medrash. And he is this synthesis and this blend of both of them. Hamidus Hashayna Shala Abbas. Yaakov was Machadish Avoid of Emes. This Shlemus, without moving one moment from Avodah Hashem. That again, Yaakov Avinu, what's he doing? This is the Kayach of Achtas. He's taking Chesed from this side, Gvura from this side, and he's bringing it to Emes or to Ferris in the middle. Yaakov Avinu has the ability to bring things together. That's what he's doing the whole way through. Right? Lach had been Avis Avodah Avais. So again, the idea of Yaakov taking three stones is, am I really there yet in terms of being a blend of Avram and Yitzchak? Rather than am I giving over 12 Shvatim. So really Chazal are using the device of the stones to teach us what Yaakov Avinu was really trying to understand as he goes into Galus, is where am I holding? Am I going to be, one opinion is, am I going to have 12 sons? Another one is, can I bring three stones together? Meaning, do I have this place together with Avram and Yitzchak? And the last one, okay, which is the final opinion of Chazaz, he took two stones together. Avram, Yatsam, and Psalas. He had the Ishmael that came from him. Yitzchak had the Psalas, which was Esav. Va'ani. Im, im. Ma'achayishta'avonim zulazu. If these two, um, if these two stones fused together. Yodea'ani sha'ani yitzim eni Psalas. I'm not going to have anyone that isn't fitting of my sons. Right, what's the idea of two stones going together so there shouldn't be any beside us? Now we understand. Yaakov, what it says, if, the idea of Yaakov is the shlemus that comes from two chaychas together. When you put two things together, there's no wastage. Right? When two people are coming together, it's not that some stuff gets lost or wasted. It's a perfect unity together. It's that one plus one equals one. Meaning, Yaakov Avinu literally 
can take two parts of something, put them together and make one perfect whole. That's again, it's the idea of Yaakov Avinu's achdus and his kayach to be ma'achet. So suddenly when we take, what we've done is we've taken a Maimah Chazah, we've taken a Rashi, that at first glance seems a little bit incredible, incredulous, far-fetched. And we've said, no, really it's symbolic of an idea which is so powerful. That Yaakov Avinu is the founding father. Yaakov Avinu, who is the Bechir Ha'avais, his face is on the Merkava. Yaakov Avinu really reached the highest levels that any human being can reach, to the point where he's the one that's miyased, Kalal Yisrael. It's predicated in this ability to create Achdus. And Achdus does not exist in the physical realm. Achdus really only exists when you go that stage higher into the spiritual realm, and therefore you can bring physical things together for a unity of purpose. And that's what it means for us when we're living L'Shem Shamayim, living Ba'achdus. It's a unity of purpose. Whether it's Ba'achdus with Kalad Yisrael as a whole, whether it's Ba'achdus in Kehillahs, whether it's Ba'achdus in a family, whether it's Ba'achdus in relationships, it's this idea of unity and purpose where people can come together and there's no wastage and there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing that, 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 uh, that grates against each other. That we're elevated by higher values and that's really what the message of the stone is and that really is a, founda- a foundation stone, if you like, for Kalad Yisrael. Okay. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.